Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lifelong Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Kumjan, and thank you for being here. If you're not doing so already, please open up your podcast app and hit the button in the upper right corner that says subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Friday with solo episodes and expert guest interviews and everything in between, but all things non-toxic living and longevity always, because this is your place for easy and accessible non-toxic living. Again, thank you so much for being here. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Therese Fortin Barnes of the Green Living Gurus. She is also a podcast host in this space, and she is an expert on all things non-toxic living as well. So we're going to have a really exciting conversation centered around indoor air quality, as well as the importance and where to start out on a non-toxic living journey. So if you're new here, if you're new to living a non-toxic lifestyle, this episode is for you. With that, I really want to just get right into it. So please join me in welcoming Therese Fortin Barnes. Hey, T. Hi, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today. We have a lot of exciting things going on between my podcast and your podcast. And you're a non-toxic living aficionado and, you know, all the things about toxins and indoor air quality and household toxins, yada, yada. But I'd love for you to jump right in and just share your story and how you got on this path of becoming a household toxins specialist. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I know everybody has their own story. And mine's a little different because I didn't have a health crisis. We hear that a lot from people that figure it out that it's a lot to do with toxins. I was lucky because I was brought up in a household where my mother, I can't give my father any credit because he was Irish mm. and he ate poorly until he met my mother, but my mother mm. was very into organic food, shopped at the little Lexington Co-op here in Buffalo, New York. We still shop there. And I had three older sisters, I have three older sisters and younger brother. And so I'm 60 now. So I grew up in the 60s and 70s and 80s when fast food was coming around and all these chemicals mm. were being introduced into our world of living. And you had to have three different types of things to clean your bathroom and food was being processed. And my mom, thankfully, protected us and said, nope, you're coming home after school. We're having hummus. We're having grape leaves. We're having vegetables, apples, yogurt, you name it. You're not going to McDonald's. You're not going to Burger King. When we clean, we had to clean, you know, we all had to do our chores every Saturday. She had us clean vinegar, white vinegar and baking soda. I remember cleaning toilets with baking soda. So that's how we were raised. I didn't know any different really until Mm -hmm. I started growing up a little bit and seeing that we were kind of the abnormal ones. And mm-hmm. I've been called a granola head many times, and I don't mind that. But go, then I went to college, and I started seeing how people were eating and how people were using all these products that were fragranced, and all these mm-hmm. chemicals were all over the place. But I actually did go to college at Ithaca College, and I had a major in business and a minor in health, and I wanted to open up a humongous supermarket that everybody could shop for all these fabulous products. And you know that is Whole Foods. I never went that route. Yeah, I I have my business plan and everything. 
I never <laughs> took that route because I was also a party planner. I was planning parties in high school. I was That's planning right. Parties. I remember that yep. about you. My party <laughs> planning side. So I planned yeah. over, so I started a business of party planning here in Buffalo. And I've had that for, I still have a few things I'm doing with it, but it's 37, 38 years, 700 events. I've done so much here locally. Of course, always trying to squeeze my green living into the event and recycling things. But I decided in 2020, actually prior to the pandemic, that I wanted to really set out to what I want. My purpose in life was to really help people live a less toxic life and a healthier life. And Mm -hmm. I've done that on the side for years and years and years for friends, family, not for pay at all, just because I saw the increase in cancer and the increase in all these chemicals being used in our world, looking at it from the outside and looking in at all these people having health issues and the rise of cancer correlated with the rise of chemicals. And so that is where I am today. I have Green Living Gurus. I'm still new in the industry, but old in the concept of helping people detox their homes and detox their lives. So I have a podcast, as you know, you've been on, and I have a product line I started over the last couple of years. It's very small. It's over my shoulder here, Tease Organics. It's just an all-purpose cleaner and three room sprays, but I am still helping people and still growing. And that's what I do. And I love coming on shows like this, where I can share the wealth of living a healthy and toxic free life. I love that T. Thank you so much for sharing. And your story is so unique. And it's interesting, because like you said, a lot of people end up in this field. Mm -hmm. Not by choice because they end up getting sick. So what a blessing it must have been to grow up back then with a mom who was into all these things and you're cleaning the toilets with baking soda. But I would imagine maybe when you get to college, you're like, wait, am I different? Or like, what? How did you, I guess, little side note, how did you navigate like your whole world of of being very non-toxic and natural and then you're thrown into college where you're like exposed to all this stuff smelly things did you have any like sensitivities then to the fragrance that your roommates were using or absolutely yeah they tell me these they tell me now that and now that I'm doing what I'm doing and I've been very vocal about this for many many years and when social media came out I mean here I am boast into the world. You know, the only other way I could get to people was on a telephone and just advising them that way. So now I have this avenue. And now they all are telling me that, which I love, that they really learn some things. They look back on what I was doing in college and what I was, you know, in the houses that we lived in. Of course, I was planning parties too. I consider that healthy, at least for the mind, right? But yeah, Yeah. so I was, you know, I had a hard time eating out if we went out you know I was I was getting the vegetables and cooking and Mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do in college but uh looking back I was definitely an influence on many of them and to this day they tell me that which is kind of exciting and I didn't even know I was doing it you know I was just nature yeah you were just like living your life the way you knew how exactly there's a little overlap there with me with with my story, which I won't go into right now, but 
I, I started the non-toxic journey in college. So I was throwing out my toxic cleaners and I was buying organic produce and my roommates were like, you're weird. What are you doing? But then people, I just stayed in my lane, let them stay in their lane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the end of the lease, they were they were buying the non-toxic cleaners and the organic products. So Yeah, it takes one um, person to get other people to open up their eyes to, wow, this smell in my laundry and my clothes is potentially toxic. It's really not lavender. And it takes someone like you, it takes one person here and there to get people to realize like, oh my gosh, I never knew that. So that I commend you for that because in your era, I mean, you graduated when? 2018. Yeah. So you are inundated with so many chemicals. I mean, I was lucky because we didn't have that many at that time in the 80s. It was still kind of new. There weren't 40 different things to clean your house with. I'm not sure we even cleaned our house in college. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I just, these days, I feel like it's gotten so much worse, especially college. I hear about kids, friends of mine's kids in college and how they're having issues all the time. And I kind of try to help them with that. And when I know we'll get into that a little bit because yeah. your indoor air is so critical. Yeah, let's talk about indoor air, indoor air quality. Why on earth should someone care about that? So <laughs> it, 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 exactly. And, you know, people hear about food and eating food and making sure you're eating good ingredients and not eating pesticides. And you don't hear too much about the air you're breathing in your home. And because you can't see it, and right. I can smell it, but you people, you know, the common person doesn't know that that smell is potentially toxic, and you're breathing in all of these toxic fumes. And the Environmental Protection Agency even has standards that says that the indoor air quality is somewhere from two, they even go up to 100 times more polluted than our outdoor air. So two to a hundred times more polluted than the outdoor air. How do they know that? There's there's tests been done. There's all this research. Go to the Environmental Protection Agency website. Look it over. They will tell you. A lot of the stuff that I am talking about here today will be on there. They, these manufacturers of all these products, they don't want you to know that. And unfortunately, it might not be that one product you're using. It could be a n- number of products you're using from not only things you're cleaning with, but also it could be outgassing from new furniture, new new rugs, from vinyl curtains, from plastic you're bringing in your house. So all this adds up from your, your stove that you use, your gas stove, and all these things can add up to the quality of your indoor air. And you are breathing them in every day. And I, I've heard many times from people that have had issues, lung cancer, let's just say. And they say they're not smokers. But I try to help them realize that it, your indoor air is what you are breathing in from whatever product you're using could be affecting your health. Hmm. Yeah, it's totally wild that it is indoor air could be a hundred times more polluted than outdoor air because all you hear about in the mainstream or you interview the average person on the street and you say, hey, what's more polluted, outdoor or indoor air? Everyone's going to say outdoor air because th- that's all you hear about. Like, it's so 
outdoor air is polluted, blah, blah, blah. Like, it is, but where are you spending the most of your time? Right, right. And, you know, the 2 to 100, a lot of different factors go into that. On average, I'd Mm -hmm. say 2 to 10 or 20% or 20 times. The 100% is probably somebody that lives close to a three-way highway. They're getting all that combustion. They can't open their windows because of that. So now they're living in this airtight house, apartment, whatever, that you are not getting fresh air because the fresh air is probably horrible near mm-hmm. roads and a car and exhaust. So there's all different factors, but everybody, no matter where you live, you can make changes to help that indoor air. I want to go into some of those solutions in mm-hmm. just a second, but going back to how indoor air quality in rare instances, let's say, could potentially lead to lung cancer. What are some other symptoms or diseases that very poor air quality could lead to? Yeah, there's there's quite a few different things because cancer we brought up because of the cancer-causing chemicals that are outgassing or you're using. Definitely any respiratory. I hear it all the time, see it all the time, read about all these reports, breathing, pneumonia, asthma, allergies. They There's even reports on heart disease that your indoor air could be affecting your heart. Low birth weight is also something. There's This is becoming a huge issue And it has been for a while, but not enough people are really paying attention to the indoor air of their homes. And Mm -hmm. again, because they can't see it. So, Mm -hmm. but they can. There are ways you can see what you are breathing in your home. What are some of those ways? And what are some solutions then to improving indoor air quality? Yeah, absolutely. So there are indoor air quality monitors and they're fabulous. I've taken, I have probably five different ones. But I take them to people's homes just to show them and what they their levels are, you know, and I can print out like what my levels are in my house and how what I do. And then I go into their home and I can show them what what this these indoor air quality monitors are detecting. And it's usually a lot of different VOCs, which are chemicals that outgas into your home. But that shows you and it opens people's eyes up. It's just doing a test on your home, just like you would do a test on your body and you run tests at your doctor's office. You run tests to make sure your body is functioning well, right? Mm -hmm. This is a test for your home to see what is in the air that you are breathing. So that's one thing that anybody can do that with indoor air quality monitor. There's a bunch of them out there. Is there a brand that you like? Well, the one, I have a few that I really love. There's a semi-new one called Woohoo, W-O-O-H-O-O. And I think I have those. I, yes, I do have those on my website. And I've interviewed the owner. They've been, you know, I, I really dove into their product line and and how their product came about was two college students were studying here from, I believe they were overseas, but they were having allergic reactions to something in one of their apartments or houses. And they looked into it and realized that they were breathing in all these fumes and they wanted to get them measured. Anyways, long story. That is my favorite one. It's on my phone. I can look and see what quality my air is at the house. It'll tell me if there's Mm. anything that's 
to be worried about. Often I will take something and put it in front of it, like those little things that hang in your car that are supposed to be oh. air fresheners that are so toxic. Yeah. I will hang it in front of it and sure enough, it just goes crazy. Oh Something gosh. Starbucks was handing out once and it was like, oh my God, the, the fumes that was letting off. So things like that, oh. dryer sheets, I'll hang in front of it. Oh, it yeah. picks up those, those chemicals that are outgassing from those. So that's one thing. I love it. And I think, you know, not enough people have them. And it's something that I would encourage. And so once you start seeing what is in your home, there's ways to, a lot of different ways to start reducing the chemicals in your home. And then ultimately getting an air purifier for your home to suck in any of those fumes that are, are going to be in your house no matter what. We can't avoid everything absolutely impossible to be non-toxic, but we can be low toxic. I love that. I'm going to link that air purifier or air... Indoor air quality monitor. Monitor. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the show notes. And I yeah. want to look into getting one for myself because I actually do not have one. I yeah, have a, absolutely. Air purifier, but I don't have the monitor. What are some, I guess, free ways to improve indoor air? Because I know there are a few, but I'm curious to hear your ideas there for those that are like, well, I can't really afford to get an air purifier at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, the first thing I, I, I stress all the time with everybody, you can reduce the amount of toxins in your home if you start to reduce or, or look at your labels of your cleaning supplies and your laundry supplies. And if it has the word fragrance in it, you need to get rid of it. All those fragrances are outgassing in your home. If you're using laundry detergent with fragrance in it, or if you're using dryer sheets, all those smells that you are smelling that everybody thinks, oh, these, this, I grew up with this smell. It's lavender, it's lemon, mm. it's vanilla, whatever it is. Fresh ocean breeze smell. Mm. Those are components that are made up of hundreds of different chemicals that are put together to get that smell. And it's, so there was one word, the word fragrance, if you can avoid that, it's, it's one of the hardest ones to get people to pull away from because they are used to that smell and they think it's, it's a nostalgic. great smell. It's yes. And they, it, our sense, sensory of smell, we relate that to growing up or you think sleeping in that, you know, bed with that smell. You have to break free from that because that could be causing so many of your issues, allergies, sore throat, sneezing, eyes are watering. I know when I sleep in any bedding, if I travel anytime, although I bring my own pillow and sheets these days, but once in a while I can't or I don't. Yeah, and I always my, bring a pillowcase. Oh, least. always, always a pillowcase. <laughs> I always mm -hmm. check with the Airbnb, never, it's always, they always use horrible stuff. But I know my eyes get itchy and I wake up with a little bit of a sore throat. So you're breathing in these chemicals that are definitely can affect your respiratory, your breathing. But, and the cleaning supplies on top of that, same thing. Not only the fragrance with those, there's a lot of harmful, poisonous, as they put on there, you know, if swallowed, poisonous, but that could be poisonous to your health. So that is the number one thing. Num then the other laundry list of things that are so easy to do is you always want to open your windows as much as you possibly can. 
I live in Buffalo, New York. Yes, it's cold in the wintertime. I always have a crack here and there in the bedroom. I'll close it in the morning. Or if we're cooking on our gas stove, I'll open up the window a little bit next to it if it's wintertime just to get some of that fresh air and get some of those fumes out of the house. So opening mm-hmm. your windows as often as you possibly can. If you live next to throughway, highway, whatever, it might be a little difficult, but try that. That's definitely getting the air circulating. Unfortunately, a lot of these new homes that are being built are so airtight. Everything's, oh, yeah. oh the w- new windows, so it's airtight. Well, yeah, that might be helping keeping your bills down, but that's not helping with your air quality because right. you need that air, air circulation not only for your health, but also for your breathing. So I've I've worked with house specialists that come to your home just to, when you're trying to sell it, put it that way. It's not a specialist, mm-hmm. it's a house. And anyways, he tells me sometimes he goes in homes and he feels like they're coffins because the air is so tight oh. and people are, and, and it makes you, it makes you tired. Mm. You need that oxygen. <laughs> anyway, so you need that, you need that air circulating. Then think about any of your venting systems, your air conditioners, your heating, especially if you have forced air. So that air is being forced out. But have you changed your filters in those units? And have you had your ducts clean that dust just Mm -hmm. sits in, could be blowing it around your home? So how often, sorry to interrupt, how often should someone clean their ducts? Well, it depends on, do you have a pet? Do you have a lot of dander? Things like that. Um, mm-hmm. How much, you know, I don't have a lot. So I do it every few years. I know people do okay. it once a year. Same with okay. your filters for your air conditioners. If you mm-hmm. have a whole house unit, I change mine once a season. So a, a spring and then winter. So mm-hmm. I get a new one for the summer. So I put it, you know, the filters in there for our heating and air conditioning unit. And I put another one in the winter. I know people that do them once a month. I just don't do it that way. It all depends on your, you know, I don't feel like I need to personally because Mm -hmm. I'm watching the air quality in my house. If I saw, you know, getting worse, I would probably change it more. But Mm -hmm. so, so that's important. Another huge thing is if you have any ceiling fans, you need to clean those every couple of months. This dust can just settle on those, especially if you're using them a lot. Like we just started putting ours on in the middle of the night and I you know, couldn't put it on until I got up there and really cleaned up, cleaned the ceiling fan. And that's a great way to generate you know, air in your room, but mm. you definitely want to clean those fans. And on top of that one, so we're going to be getting into summer. A lot of people are already in the warm weather here in the United States. If you have window units of an air conditioner every single one of them opens up and there's a little filter in there it's like a little plot you know square thing or whatever pull that out and wash it that Mm -hmm. has so much dust on it i do that probably because we have a couple window units in our home that we use especially in our bedroom so i'm constantly cleaning that because that's where you definitely want the cleanest air is in your bedroom yeah. because yeah. you are you're sleeping in there and you spend two thirds of your life in your bedroom. So, those are a couple things. Take off your shoes when you come in the house. There's so many pesticides and herbicides out there that you can collect from wearing your shoes outside. Just from it blowing off someone's yard onto your pavement, it comes in your house. 
take off your shoes, leave them at the door. And so you don't want that coming in your home because that eventually can collect in the dust on the floor in your home and you're breathing that in eventually. So, and then using an air purifier, as I mentioned too. And then lastly, if you look behind me, I have a green thumb, thanks to my father. And I have plants everywhere. Plants are awesome in helping to clean out the air of your home and they're, they're, you know, pretty to have around as well. Yeah. Is that a greenhouse behind you? It is a sunroom. It looks like a greenhouse. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a big sunroom and we bring most of our plants in from the outdoors in the, in the wintertime. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is a great list of so many tips for improving indoor air quality. And a lot of them are cost effective or free. Yep. And that's very motivating for the audience. So I hope everyone took notes and is, I know I just took a note. Well, I do a lot of those things, but the one thing is the fans. Yeah, the fans. People don't They're just up so high and I totally didn't even think of it. I dust all the time, but that's pretty embarrassing. I I need to dust my fan. (laughs) One more thing I want to add that you don't hear about much at all, but on your router, your router is sending electromagnetic rays out there to connect everything in your home. Get the dust off your router as much as possible. Mm. Use a little duster because mm. that those that dust can then float in the air. And there's all these reports about the electromagnetic fields and how that could be affecting you could be affecting your sleep there's that's a you know that's not my specialty but I know to not have uh as much as many EMFs they call them around you as much as possible especially when you're sleeping like you know always Mm -hmm. have your phone on airplane mode when you're sleeping so those magnetic fields are not you know sending any waves to your brain but the dust on your clean that off too that will help as well Very interesting. Great tips, T. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Jumping over to low toxic lifestyle in general. Obviously, we just spoke about, well, you just spoke about indoor air quality, but how about, and and that affects everything, but how about some tips for someone that is just starting out on the low toxic living journey? Like, why, why is it important to reduce our exposure to these different chemicals and if they could do maybe one thing to get started what should that be not just relating to indoor air quality maybe the answer is indoor air quality but if there was just one thing someone who's just starting out they feel really overwhelmed what would you tell them to do yeah and it is overwhelming so you can't be hard on yourself because you're starting to realize like oh my god am i living in a toxic house is my house making me sick It's that by you just realizing that and thinking that way, that's a huge step in the right direction because now you're going to become more aware. That's Mm -hmm. what this is all about. We all need to become more aware. There is, we have to take our health into our own hands. There's, you know, if, if people are having health issues, if you're going to the doctor, most likely they're prescribing you a pharmaceutical drug that is going to mask whatever you have. But taking a step back and saying, okay, let me look and see in my home how I can make my home healthier. Will that also help me be healthier? And I say, yes. So that's that's a first step in the right direction. 
Then what you want to start doing, you just want to start reading labels, knowing what you are putting into your home, knowing what you are putting on your body, knowing what you are eating. These are all things that are just very healthy, no matter what, that you start looking at. You need to do it. The EPA, the CDC, they put these reports out here, but any personal care product or any cleaning product or any laundry soap, those are not being governed. So anybody can produce all of those products, put whatever they want in it, and the reports are that they are safe for you are coming from the manufacturers. So how do they know that the laundry detergent that you're sleeping in, all those chemicals are not adding to the toxic load in your body from the shampoo you're using, from the lotion you're using? So those are, it's just being conscious of everything you are using. Mm-hmm. Don't get overwhelmed. Choose one product at a time. Use that shampoo. Use that laundry detergent up. Start looking at the label. Unfortunately, on a lot of the products, especially cleaning supplies, they don't have to put all the ingredients on there. But again, read the labels. Look at that. I've known many people that have, and I've interviewed people that have changed their life because they started having an illness, as we talked before, and they started reading what they were eating. And what, and that's the biggest thing. I've been studying this for almost 40 years, and 50 years for that matter, reading. I know a lot of these ingredients, but there's if I can't pronounce an ingredient, I don't know my body can know what that ingredient is either. So if I don't know what it is and I want to put, I'm putting that ingredient on my body, in my body, your body Mm -hmm. has to figure out how to get it out. So, Mm -hmm. and on average, a woman is putting on her body or around her body, whether it's hairspray, makeup, nail, you know, deodorant, somewhere around 15 to 20 different products a day with over 144 chemicals in a day using Mm -hmm. on our bodies. Men are a little bit less, not that much, but same thing. So it's starting to just understand what you're using in your house or on your body. I mean, we all know, Mm -hmm. we hear all the time, organic, 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 you don't want to eat pesticides. Yes, I totally agree with that as much as you possibly can do it. I think personally, and people hear that eating organic is expensive. I personally think once you start going low tox, you will save money because you don't need a zillion different products to clean your house for your life. Right. You can, it all balances out. It all balances out. And the the reports, the studies that are out there that people have started to decrease their toxic load and their health gets better or they get pregnant, their acne clears up, their allergies clear up, they're sleeping better. All these chemicals have different effects on everybody. And the the other thing that nobody will be able to tell us is if I'm putting in 144 chemicals on my body a day, how are all those chemicals mixing? And then I'm breathing them in from all these other things that could be outgassing in my house from cleaning supplies. And then I'm eating food with pesticides. It's overwhelming. But we have to be our own watchdog. We have to pay attention to what we are using and reading the labels. 
and knowing Mm -hmm. some of these ingredients and really turning everything around. I had a woman I interviewed, she had stage four breast cancer, and she, Ginny Dent, I don't know if you've interviewed her, but she's fascinating. She said, I'm not, I'm not going, they basically thought she was going to die. And she's like, I'm not going to die. I'm not letting this cancer get me. And she had to go through the whole chemo routine and she went that route, but she also went the route of saying, and she studied and she wrote a book. She Mm. went, she did it drastically. She went in every cupboard of her house and anything had an Mm -hmm. ingredient in there that she did not recognize she threw away. Mm -hmm. I know people have done this and her, she is, she is clear of cancer. She speaks around the country. She's fascinating. And, and Jenny Dent, Ginny. G-I-N-N-Y Dent. If you need her contact information, let me know. But she's she's great. And her doctors, when she was going through this, said, what protocol are you doing? Because all of your levels have come way down. And mm-hmm. she, she told the doctors what she did. And they, in turn, changed their protocol to doing what she did on her own. Some of it had to do with exercise. Some of it had to do with changing her personal care products, her cleaning products, everything. But yeah, good for her. Yeah, absolutely. And she's down in South Carolina somewhere. So she, but there's people I talk to, I interview like this all over the country. People are unfortunately getting sick, but they're starting to realize like, what is making me sick? What is giving me cancer? There's all these cancer causing chemicals out there known cancer-causing chemicals out there that are on the market to this day. Benzene is a known mm-hmm. carcinogen, not yep. potential. And they're finding it in, in sunscreen. They're finding it mm-hmm. in hairspray. So, And they're finding it in the word fragrance. Very common for benzene to be yeah. in the word fragrance. So it's really about learning for yourself. There's a lot of resources out there, hundreds and hundreds of books, many different podcasts, thanks to you, Heidi. And Yeah, thank you. And our group of people that really know what we're talking about, and we either have studied it forever, or we've self-taught, or we yesterday interviewed a pharmacist that realized her mother died of cancer, and she realized all these pharmaceuticals are not good, potentially not helping matters. So Mm -hmm. it's really about learning for yourself. And I want to add one note. I don't want to knock down pharmacists, scientists, toxicologists, or even our doctors, but the way they've been trained is to give medicine. Yep. So medicine. Right. You have you have diabetes, give medicine. You have heart disease, give medicine. You have cancer, give medicine. Mm-hmm. But looking at the root cause of where this illness could have come from, I've interviewed somebody with with diabetes. And actually, his name's Danny Baldwin. It's Alec Baldwin's brother. He had a bad case of diabetes and on all this medicine. And he finally went the route of changing his diet. No more medicine, no more diabetes. So mm. there's cases like that all over the place, whether it's cancer Absolutely. or allergies or diabetes or heart disease for that matter, too. So it's really, I stress all the time, taking it slow. And it can be fun, too. So try to make it yeah. fun, one product at a time. Well, it's fun when you start feeling better, too. A hundred Even if you don't have something going on with your health, per se, that you recognize, you realize then when you go low tox, changing what's you know in, on, around your body, you actually realize, oh my gosh, I have so much energy. Yes, my- yes periods are less painful. Mm -hmm. My brain is much sharper. My stomach doesn't hurt after I eat. It's, 
Yeah. And then it becomes this amazing snowball it's, where yes. you're so motivated and it doesn't feel hard then. It doesn't feel overwhelming. And and you realize you feel better and you see these people, you hear these stories about people overcoming stage four cancer yep, and being in remission and thriving. And it, and that is the, I think the, the biggest nugget of, of everything about getting into, into low tox living is, is really realizing the power that you have to drastically change your health. Exactly. And, and it's exciting. I sit here, I get so excited about this because I've seen so many people it, it, at the beginning, it might be overwhelmed, but all of a sudden you wake up to like, oh my gosh, I get it. I see it. I need to, I can't believe I've been sleeping in that smell. You don't want that mm-hmm. smell anymore. You'll walk by somebody's house and they're venting that smell out and you'll plug your nose. Oh my gosh. I live in an apartment and oh, I can't yes. open my windows sometimes because people are doing all their stinky laundry. Yeah, that's very hard. I have somebody <laughs> that lives behind me and it's horrible. And I tried, I even bought them new laundry to soap and gave them one of my blog posts. It didn't work. I don't think she likes us anymore. <laughs> I have a big fan. At least you tried. I know. And now I have a, this big fan called the Hurricane. And when she she does her laundry, we put it out there and blow the smoke the other way or the fumes the other way because it comes in the house. Those are all yeah. that are bring you know that you're breathing in. So that's great. And you know what? One more thing I wanted to add because yeah. I love you know you come from a different generation than I come from. So another thing that I'm hearing a lot about are the, you know, women with hot flashes. And then what do they do? They take medicine that's trying to help their estrogen levels. Well, you, there's so many products out there that have endocrine disrupting chemicals in them from all of our personal care products to our cleaning supplies as well that mess with your endocrine cycle. So Mm-hmm. I try to encourage that as well because that's my, you know, my generation. I'm past, yeah. you know, menopause, but I hear about this a lot. And that could also be an issue with you having all of these problems with your change of life or yeah, change of absolutely. whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And so. even causing like early menopause that or too. infertility. Yes, definitely. Hormo- infertility. Just hormonal imbalances definitely on the rise. And it's very, very evident. The studies are out there with these endocrine disrupting chemicals yes. being, yep. being at play. So. We could talk about that for about two hours, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. This has been super, super fun. Oh my gosh, you you really know your stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you, Heidi. Yeah, I love it. I, you know, I just, I, I, I just want to help as many people as possible. I can't, I, you know, I don't want to see people suffering anymore. I yeah, don't want to people right. see people going through cancer treatments, which I, you know, I, I hear all the time. It's, it's a huge industry, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's a big industry, and it's a big money making industry. And yeah. not sure they want that to go away because. There might not be a cure, but you could potentially prevent it. Right. Yep. And then you lose customers and a lot of things. Yeah. It's it's definitely upsetting, but it's in the same light, we can be empowered to educate ourselves and make those those changes ourselves because we can't rely on the government or institutions to have our back. We just can't. No matter what your beliefs are, where you are on the political spectrum or whatever it's 
it's like, no, at the end of the day, you got to look out for yourself. Right, right. Yeah. And, I mean, and hold that power. Totally. And we have a lot of organizations out there now, thankfully. When I was going through, you know, living life in the 80s and 90s, there was nothing. Plus, it wasn't the internet. And yeah. there wasn't the, well, the environmental working group might have just been starting. There wasn't the anti-cancer center. There wasn't any of this. So it was yeah. like, I had to figure it out on my own. And it's so great to see so many different resources, so much Yeah, good there. ones. Mm-hmm. I was alluding to kind of the bigger, the bigger bad ones, <laughs> like the, you know, FDA and yes, like yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, you know, they try, they do some good stuff, but our chemical industry in the United States, and for that matter, around the world, but in the United States, is so wealthy, yeah, so powerful. They go after people like us. They haven't gone after me yet because I'm probably still a, a, too small of a fish in the sea. But I've interviewed people. They are trying to squash what we are saying. But you know what? We're all standing yeah. up because they're wrong. We they are at right, and they don't want you to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, I think something they like to do to the smaller people or just really anyone for that matter that's speaking out online is there's a lot of shadow banning on Instagram mm-hmm. and social media platforms there. If you use certain language in your posts, those get less views. And right. I, I've definitely experienced it with, I, I feel like we could keep talking for hours and hours. I know. <laughs> now I'm going down a different rabbit hole here. But in closing, what are some you know final resources you want to share with the audience? Where can everyone find you? Where can people buy your products? All the things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. TheGreenLivingGurus.com. On there is all of my information, my podcast, all of my social following. I'm very accessible. And my podcast, I do once. I love it. As you mentioned, podcast is a great way to find out, you know, information. The environmental working group, I think, is something that I tell people at the beginning of your journey of trying to go non-toxic, low-toxic. It's a good resource. It's a nonprofit. I don't agree with everything that they do because they have some paid advertising, and I don't like that. But they do. They've been around for a long time. So there's some apps out there that you can use that they have and helping you find non-low toxic living. I have a lot of stuff on my website, as you probably do too. And trusting people like us that can guide you in the right direction is the way to go. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but my podcast is probably where I'm most active. Amazing. Well, I will share links to all of that in the show notes. And yeah, thank you again for being here. You're welcome. So glad to be here and looking forward to staying connected and read your ingredients and know your labels. Absolutely. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.